0: Hi everyone! Welcome to A Different Story, the podcast. My name is Nozli Desi and this podcast was created to encourage multi-dimensional conversation around special educational needs and disability in Egypt and beyond. Every other week we will be speaking to working professionals, family and community members in the MENA region with the hope that through greater awareness and education we as a community can deconstruct the stigma and the presupposed judgments we have formed towards special needs and disability. So sit back and enjoy. In today's episode, we will be speaking to Khadija Lisi, a lawyer and also certified health and fitness coach. Khadija will be discussing the link between nutrition and child development, especially in children with special needs, movement mechanics, and how performance and well-being can be enhanced by what we consume every day. As a disclaimer, Please note that Khadija's nutrition diploma applies to nutrition in general, although she is not a specialist in nutrition for children with special needs. Hi everyone, welcome to A Different Story. I'm joined by a super, super, super special guest. I'm so excited. It's my little sister Khadija. Hey, Dudu. Hey. Hey. I'm so excited, everyone, to be doing this. Me and Khadija just thought of this really recently, actually um that it would be so much fun to do an episode together so I'm super excited to for all of you to hear what she has to say it's going to be a really really cool episode um talking about nutrition and movement for children with special needs so let's get started uh could you tell us a bit about yourself
1: first of all super excited to be on the podcast my name is Khadija I am 23 years old, and obviously my biggest pride and joy is that I'm the younger sister to a different story by Anne herself. My background, so educational background, is kind of a bit different to what I'll be talking about today. I studied law at university, and I'm currently working in a law law firm in London, but lucky for me with what's been going on with coronavirus, I've actually been working from home.
0: Like you said, you studied law, so it's very unrelated to fitness and nutrition. Uh, so for those listening, how can you explain how you became interested in fitness and nutrition?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So I'd say I got into fitness when I went to uni. But at that point, it was really just a thing about kind of staying active and going to the gym to be fit. Um, And then over time, I became much more interested in nutrition, and the relationship between the two. And then again, over time, it became that I was more interested in not just the relationship between nutrition and fitness, but the relationship between nutrition and fitness, and then wellness more generally. So for example, um, how nutrition and exercise are linked to cognitive function and functional performance in general. So when I finished uni, I took six months off between finishing and starting work. And at that point, I enrolled in a um, course to become a certified personal trainer. And there was a basic nutrition course accompanying that. Um, And then now I'm currently doing a certification to be a health coach
0: very very nice and since we're going to be speaking about wholesome living that emphasizes good nutrition and movement for people with special needs let's break it down and talk about nutrition first so first of all how is nutrition linked to child development Okay,
1: so I think as a starting point, good nutrition is basically the building block for child de- uh, for child development. And the best and kind of easiest way we can demonstrate that is looking at children who are malnourished. So if you've ever come across a picture of a child who suffers from malnutrition, you can tell straight away that they've suffered from kind- from stunted development. And it's obviously very obvious physically, but it's also stunted mental growth. And that's because food is fuel. Sorry to interrupt you for our viewers. What do you mean by stunted? So there's a certain way that we should be developing and growing, both physically. So in terms of, for example, getting taller, um, developing our muscles, um, mentally, in terms of building, which I'm sure you are much more well-versed than I am in this, but building meant cognitive functions there's a certain rate at which we should naturally be progressing. And when I say stunted, it means that that rate of growth or that rate of progress is much more slowed and much more delayed. So basically, the idea is that what we put in our bodies basically informs everything else in our lives. So think about it. Your body is running a thousand different systems, processes, um, and functions every day. So especially when a child is developing and growing their body is also working on getting those processes and systems up and running. So, for example, at our age, our systems are already up and running, whereas when a child is developing, it's also about getting kickstarting those functions. And to be able to do that, the body naturally needs energy. So that's where nutrition comes in. Nutrients are obviously required for our body to function, and the way we get those nutrients is through food. And basically through calories. So calories are now just being understood as numbers, but really what calories are are energy. It's literally what a calorie is. A calorie is a unit of energy. Um, so these calories, which we get from food, they give us fuel and life, and they're super important for growth and development, especially in children. Obviously, it depends where your nutrients are coming from and where your calories are coming from. So what food sources, which leads me to my next point. We all need a good balance of macronutrients and micronutrients, even more so for children with special needs. Um, so we want to balance in terms of macronutrients. For those of your viewers who may not be aware, those are carbo- carbohydrates, ca- carbohydrates, mm-hmm. um, proteins, and fats. And when I say micronutrients, I mean vitamins, um, trace minerals, and then also water, super important. So in terms of carbs, children need it for energy. It's also the Carbs are also super important because they can affect um, our mood and behavior. So you really want to focus on getting a variety of complex carbs and stay away from those that are refined um, and processed and definitely as much as possible reduce refined sugars. And when
0: you say com- complex carb- carbs, could you just give a couple of examples of what those could be?
1: Um, so when I say complex carbs, I mean, for example, brown rice, potatoes, oats. So Basically, as a guideline and to break it down and make it as simple as possible for those who are listening, it's staying away from white bread, white rice, white pasta, um, and then obviously culprits that we know are bad for us. So pure sugar, Those, those are the kinds of things that we don't want to be putting necessarily putting in our bodies in large amounts. The next macronutrient is protein which is super important as well because um, protein is needed for muscle building and growth, which again, for children in general is very important, but even more so with children with special needs because their growth might not be at the rate of progress that we would ideally want. And so focusing on making sure that their protein intake is at um, a good level is very important. Also, protein is needed for hormones and for enzymes enzymes are what break or are, are or what our body uses to break down the foods that we consume mm-hmm. so they're super important for digestion the last macronutrient is fats And arguably, fats might be the most important macro for children with special needs. Fat is the most nutrient-dense macronutrient. So it provides a lot of energy, but it's also extremely, extremely important for brain development. So there's a misconception that fats are bad, which is true if you're consuming trans fats and hydrogenated fats, which are fats that are actually consumed with things that are super toxic. Mm -hmm. But fats that are coming from avocados, salmon, nuts, those are actually... A fuel for your brain and that's why I, I know you know this because mommy used to always say it to us before an exam where it was she would tell us in the morning to have walnuts with our oats um, for lunch if our exam was in the afternoon it was always half salmon because it's food for the brain mm-hmm. and the reason for that is our brain is actually made up of fat so you need to be feeding the brain what it's made up of To some extent, obviously, you're not going to eat a diet that's 100% fats. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is a very, very important macronutrient that, unfortunately, we've been programmed to be afraid of. When really, if you're getting good fat sources, that's super, super important.
0: You've said so much and this is just the first question, so much insight and so much information. So thank you for that. In people with special needs, um, this kind of overlaps with our previous question, but more specifically, what's the link between nutrition and uh, a person's performance, concentration, development, well-being, all of that?
1: Okay, so like you said, I think I touched upon this a bit in my earlier answer, but nutrition is kind of the engine behind all the, all of the things you mentioned. So performance, concentration, development, and well-being. So if you think about it, you need good nutrition to be able to perform. You need good nutrition to be able to concentrate, you need it to feel good, and you need it you need it to be able to grow. So in children with special needs, um, like you said, I think the link is even stronger because there are already potential hindrances to their performance and development. So getting their nutrition right is something that is within the parent's control. So that's something that they can make sure is done in the sense that they can make sure their child is eating a varied and wholesome diet. Whereas you obviously can, can speak to this much more than I can, but aren't there certain things that are presumably outside of the parent's control? Uh, I know what you're trying to say. Like
0: nutrition is quite, it could be potentially a very quick and easy fix. Whereas things like working on their motor planning, their body awareness, their cognitive development, these are things that take more time, uh, that are built over potentially years and years. And so it takes... Um, so focusing on nutrition is something that we can easily tackle, um, which is why the emphasis on nutrition should be, shouldn't be taken for granted or shouldn't be dismissed. It should actually be prioritized as sort of like a prerequisite, like this needs to be happening in order for
1: the other functions to be boosted and developed much quicker. Yeah, I agree. No, you definitely said what I was trying to put into words, but wasn't really able to. Um, So, yeah, so there are obviously certain nuances with kids with special needs. Going back to what I was talking about earlier, you have a lot of neurologists who argue that fats are especially important for children with special needs because of their contribution to brain development. Um, So, case studies. On, done on children with autism have actually shown that putting kids on diets that include good fats like avocados, nuts, salmon can be very, very beneficial And a big part of that is because of the importance of omega-3s. So without going too deep into the science of it, I'll try to keep it as simple as possible because I don't want to bore your viewers. Not at
0: all. It's all super, super interesting.
1: So basically, our cell membranes are fat-based. So they're made of fat. And that includes the cells in our brains. So one of the reasons why omega-3s are so important is that they keep these membranes more fluid. And the more fluid your membranes are, the easier nerve cells are able to be messages from nerve cells are be are able to be transmitted from one to the other. Mm -hmm. So the better the nerve cells communicate with each other. Again, you are probably or you definitely are much more well versed than me in this. But depending on the special need, I know from hearing about your experiences at work or when you were doing your masters, a concern can sometimes be that messages are not being sent to and from the brain as smoothly or as quickly as you'd like, which can lead to delayed responses, reactions, and behaviors. Mm-hmm.
0: No, you said that, You said that perfectly. They're there usually in that process that you're talking about. A block may happen or something may be impeding that from happening more quickly or swiftly. So definitely with nutrition and having the right omega-3 levels that are entering uh, your system, that can be
1: facilitated. So no, you're, you've said that very well. It's because I've learned from you. Um, <laughs> Um, So this makes getting enough omega-3s in children with special needs super important because obviously it helps with brain development by making it easier for those messages which carry information about how to perform, how to concentrate, um, to travel across from one cell to the other. Um, And also just in case those listening are unsure about where omega-3s are sourced from. So these, in terms of plant-based sources, um, you have flax, chia, hemp, walnuts. And then animal based is fatty fish, so you can also supplement omega-3s, but as much as possible, it's very good to get it from your actual diet. Um,
0: also, we were speaking about this before, but you had brought up a very good point that we say all of this and we give such like you're you're emphasizing a lot of very good nutritional advice. but obviously with a lot of children, this could or to a lot of mothers or parents, this could be a little bit unrealistic in terms of oh how can I feed my child? vegetables every day, if they don't like vegetables, how can I, and I know you're going to talk about this in a bit, so what would you say, so that maybe leads on to my next question, okay. that would your nutritional advice differ from one kind of special need to, an, uh, to another, so for example, with someone with autism? Uh, Need to stay away from certain foods that someone with ADHD, for example, benefits from.
1: So I think the basics are the same across the board, no matter what the special need is. And it's to focus on a diverse whole food diet that steers clear of processed foods and refined sugar. So I think if there's one key takeaway your listeners take from this episode, it's that. Again, I can't speak to specific foods that might be good for one need and detrimental to another because I should have said this at the start. I'm not specifically qualified to give advice for children with special needs. My nutrition qualification is a general nutrition qualification. Um, But for example, I am aware of certain studies that show that children with Down syndrome are more likely to have something called uh, celiac disease. And that's an immune disease in which people can't eat gluten because it damages their small intestine. So if you have celiac disease and you eat foods with gluten, your immune system responds by damaging your small intestine, which is where most of your digestion happens. So then to that extent, children with Down syndrome would probably be advised to steer clear of gluten Um, obviously that's not applicable across the board because you might find a child with down syndrome who is fine with gluten but there are case studies that have shown that they they mostly do suffer from gluten um, kind of intolerance so you'd want to stay away from gluten foods Uh, there are gluten-free alternatives for a lot of foods that have gluten but what I would say is to be cautious with those products as well, because often the gluten can be replaced with products or ingredients that are equally as harmful. Mm-hmm. For those who are interested about this in specific, there's a book called Grain Brain by a Dr. David Perlmutter, which I read. Two years ago, maybe, and he looks at gluten in specific as being the culprit for inflammation in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and inflammation in the brain is obviously not good if we're looking at child development, especially in children with special needs. And so he actually draws on a lot of his, his own experiences with patients who had who were on the spectrum, those with Down syndrome, Tourette syndrome, mm-hmm. um, and he shows how gluten and the link between gluten and inflammation in the brain and how that can stunt brain development as well. Super, super interesting. Thank you. I know you had asked me to touch on this and I think this is something that you can can help me out with. There are specific considerations when working with children with special needs so you would again like I said you'd know more about this than I do so please help me out but some children I know from you can be super picky eaters and some textures for example won't sit well for well with them. So I think also another key takeaway when it comes to n- nutrition in general is we have to take a realistic and sustainable approach. So yes, in an ideal world, you'd want your child to eat all the colors on the rainbow of the rainbow every day, but there are certain things that just won't sit well with the child and you need to strike a balance between force feeding them foods that yes are good for them but are also going to cause a tantrum. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that in your experience in the center
0: yeah no definitely we have uh, we have children with with different profiles that actually need to be we need to speak to their parents and guide them daily on trying out different foods actually like certain mothers send out carrots and they we, we really just experiment we try to see what works what what they don't like what sits well with them what doesn't it obviously depends from one child to the next but some children like really really crunchy substances that soothes their sensory needs actually and some children really like they can't swallow properly for example so they need to have very mushy food so again it depends on on each child but definitely what we try to do is to try out a range of different things and to just like Keep trying. Mm-hmm. It's n- just because a child rejects one form of food today doesn't mean that in a month's time they'll reject it as well. It's all um, a trajectory. Things change over time. So that that
1: fits very well with what you're saying. When it comes to nutrition, a big part is trial and error. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not just in the case with kids with special needs, but just in general, what might work for me might not work for you. Your body might be able to stomach certain foods that I'm not able to mm-hmm. stomach. So I think it, de- it depends on the child one tip would be for example to to kind of a way for a parent to sneak in these nutrients is going back to for example omega-3s if you put hemp in a smoothie or if you blend it with something the kid is not likely to taste it
0: no but i know what you mean things that aren't as obviously detectable and so yeah but you're squeezing in those benefits and so they just kind of get in there without the child even knowing okay perfect thank you so much and now moving on. To fitness, I know that uh, this is maybe a bit less applicable to children with uh, varying needs, but what
1: movement mechanics would you say are specifically important for them? So as a starting point for a discussion about movement, again, a disclaimer that I'm not specifically qualified with children to train children with special needs. But from an embodied learning perspective, the active human body can alter the function of the brain And so cognitive process. So movement, especially in children with special needs, extends to beyond just doing it to stay fit and to remain active. It's actually directly related to improving their brain function, which is important for us all because it helps with our performance and mental clarity, but even more so with children with special needs. I don't think it's the case that every child, for example, on the autism spectrum will require the same movement intervention. Mm -hmm. It really will depend on their individual case. So I think one thing I can say with full confidence is that movement for these children is super important no matter what form so we're not talking about getting them into the gym just going on walks um going to the park whatever works for them swimming but really in terms of individual movement mechanics it depends on the child and and their body composition as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and i know that this may
0: definitely depend from one special need to another but what would you say like i'd like to hear what you have to say about this but do you think? Uh, people with special needs should receive specific programs uh, separately, or they or can they be coached with other typically develop, developing individuals? Um, I ask this because there's a there's a debate that you know, groups with special needs shouldn't be coached separately, because that's not fully consistent with the notion of inclusion. So what do you think? Or is it not very straightforward?
1: So I think there's a distinction that we can draw. So first is if you're moving for recreational purposes, and for kind of more of the social aspect. Um, Because if it's more of a social thing, then in my opinion, that separation is definitely not beneficial. So I know you talk about, uh, you talk a lot about inclusion. And if you're not, the child is not Um, engaged in a specific training program and the idea is for them just to be in a group setting um, staying active with other children whether those other children have special special needs or not then I'm all for them being all together Mm -hmm. probably is much more beneficial for, for for them anyways but where the objective is to focus on a specific goal, however, if it's to develop their um, their muscular strength or their spinal alignment or whatever the case might be, so for example, in children with Down syndrome, strengthening their limbs, then tailoring a, tailoring a program to their specific needs is much more beneficial because they'll reap the benefits of a program that is custom made for them, as opposed to a program that is implemented across the board for a wide range of children who each have different needs. Um, But like I said, as a general note, though, it's my emphasis would be more on just getting the child to move um, no matter what the form. Khadija thank you so 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 much this was so interesting
0: I've learned a lot Khadija didn't want to show me what she'd have to say, what she had to say <laughs> today at all I literally saw like the first bit kid and that was all I saw uh, so I'm I'm really hearing this all for the very first time so it's so interesting so thank you all for listening Khadija thank you so much for your time
1: Thank you. This has been super exciting. Um, I hear Nazli doing her podcasts upstairs and I just wanted to be in on the fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you all so, so much for listening and uh, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to please subscribe to the podcast if you liked what you heard. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at at different story by N. As always, this podcast is your platform. It's your voice. Please reach out to me if you'd like to be involved or share your story. Have a wonderful day and stay tuned for next week's guest.